It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Talking some more baseball uh, today. Scott Thaler is going to join us on the program, and we'll talk about uh, our friends, the Muskrats, yes. downriver. That's one of your favorite places to go. Uh, well, I've, I've become uh, a big-time Muskrat softball fan. Uh, funny how that is, how we gravitate to teams that are good. <laughs> <laughs> Not just good, dominant. Uh, not just, yeah, not just good dominant but, and a whole yeah. lot of uh, fun. I, I saw 50 home runs in softball, and I think Algonac hit 36 of them. <laughs> and, well, and Ella and, Stevenson had 20 of those. And baseball and softball this year won their first regional titles in school history. So he has a little bit of a connection to both. So I think we'll, we'll have a lot of fun talking about that. And we'll get it rolling in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV... The engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall e. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, Replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Oh. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Brady Port Huron. Brady here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. They're all Already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. 
Learn more and get started online at advscu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magna International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810-987-6400, extension 132. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady, along with uh, Scott Thaler from Algonac, and we'll uh, talk some muskrat baseball. I I think we'll probably talk a a few different uh, topics as we move along uh, here. But first off, thanks a lot, Coach, for coming in and doing this. Thanks for having me. I know it, it, it's tough to, to have to to start your day by looking at me and Brady and <laughs> and, 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 and talking to us. Um, the baseball team, like at, at what point did you guys figure this out? Because I'm just kind of rehashing the season. You actually got off to kind of a slow start. The, the weather was miserable. Your start wasn't terrific. But at some point, the switch turned on, and you guys started very consistently winning ball games. Well, um, going into the season, I, I think our coaching staff knew that we were going to be a, a, a young team. Um, we have several players that are that are wrestlers, so they're coming off a, a tough, grueling season on you know on the mats with uh, with with Coach Ranger. A successful one, though. So very, yeah, very successful. Um, so it, it usually takes us, and that's kind of been our mo um, since I've since I've taken over. It takes us a little bit of time to get going, um, but we really focus on the end of the season and. Uh, and what's happening in June. So, um, yeah, I, I think our kids started to buy in a little bit. And, and uh, like I said, young, young team. Uh, and, and I have to 
ask here before Brady starts firing away. But <laughs> Alpina? Alpina, yes. Yeah. So I'm not afraid to play anybody <laughs> anywhere. Um, and uh, one of the things that I've always liked to do is, is just, you know, get to know other coaches. Um, there's a little bit of a connection with, with, with Alpina, one of our um, freshmen. And um, you, you know where I'm from the softball, Maria Simpson. Her family is from Alpina. So I kind of had the connection there. Um, actually, the previous coach, we used to go to Alpena and play in a tournament with uh, Gross Point North and Alpena. So I still had some connections with the Alpena coaching staff, Phil Schultz up there. And uh, we invited them down. And and uh, we were thinking about a doubleheader. And we decided uh, to do a, a try with Shrine also, try to get another good competition. And uh, we know they had some we, we had some dudes on they had some dudes on Shrine's team. So, Well, you had a very – you said you had a young team, but you were led by a few – uh, big seniors, just pick one to start with. Um, Jake Kasner, mm-hmm. kind of like a almost a utility guy for you. Felt like you could put him anywhere, depending on who was pitching, who was out, who you wanted to rest. You could move him around. Let's start with him. How much did he help you guys this season? Uh, huge. Um, starting from being our number two pitcher on you know on the mound, um, keeps you in every single game. He may not wow you with what he does, whether it's at the plate or you know or on the mound, but he just does everything right, you know. He uh, um, he loads up the zone. Um, he he lets you, lets his defense play behind him, and uh, he's a competitor. Um, he made a couple plays. Uh, I can remember one when we played at Blissfield where he made a diving catch um, with a runner on third with one out, and then gets up and tags the kid for a double play. Just he's very very heady. Um, he knows the game, and like I said, he's just a competitor. I, I can't remember if it was uh, during the, the show or if it was something we talked about off the air. But uh, with with good pitching, you need good catching. Like you need a kid that can catch kids who have good movement. And, and, and you've got one in particular with some really good movement that yep. we'll get into uh, later. But uh, Jack Cote well, is going to be a tough guy to replace. Absolutely. Uh, Jack uh, um, Jack didn't always uh, play catcher for us. In, in, in fact, he shared some time um, last year uh, with Evan Sadler, who was, uh, who was a sophomore for us that had some, some, some arm injuries. Um, but Jack stepped into that role. In fact, he's going to play college, and it's not as a catcher. It's actually as a pitcher. And uh, believe it or not, he only had five or six innings on the mound for us because he was so valuable behind the plate. And um, Jack struggled a little bit uh, at the plate batting last year, um, made some adjustments. Some, it worked really hard in the offseason, and he had a fantastic senior season. And um, can't say enough about what he did to develop his game um, and, and to make the team better. So Jack had a great year. The, see, when you say that he wasn't always your catcher, is a little surprising because he was so calm, cool, collected. And especially with the pitching talent you had, it just seemed like you'd write his name in, and you didn't really have to worry about him that much. Right, and and I should I should rephrase it. He was always a catcher. He just I don't think he thought of himself as a catcher. I think he thought of himself as a pitcher, first baseman. Um, when he plays in his summer team, I, I don't think he catches at all, maybe sparingly. And like I said, he's he's not going to, he's not going to college to catch. And uh, it was kind of funny. I was talking to his mom later on. In the in the season, and uh, she was having a conversation with his college coach, and said, "Oh, he catches, huh?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he does a pretty good job at it. So, yeah, and and he did a nice job in the you know in the lineup. We uh, we started him a little bit lower in the lineup. I think he was sixth or seventh um, most of the season, and he just kept getting on base and uh, kept driving the ball, and we kept moving him up. And I think at the end of the year, he was our number number five batter 
for probably about the last two weeks of the season when we made a run in the, in the playoffs. I know every time Dennis saw him, he'd come back and go, my boy did it again. Yeah. He had two more hits. Yeah, I, I, was, I was a big, uh, big fan of, of Jack. The, the thing is, okay, when you watch high school baseball, you just become accustomed to the fact that balls get back to the backstop. Right. And when you're in the, the fifth or sixth inning of a game and one gets back to the backstop and you go, oh, that's the first wild pitch of the day for the muskrats. Right. Like, you go, well, why is that? Well, because the kid back there is blocking everything. Right. He's, and he's making it look easy that you're not even noticing the fact that there haven't been any pass balls or any wild pitches. Right. Yeah, he, he, he did a nice job. And that's another part of his game that he really worked on. Um, uh, and it's a testament to our, you know, to our pitching staff too. You know, the fact that they're, you know, they're able to control where, they, you know, where they pitch. Because, uh, uh, you know, a lot of those in high school baseball, it's not on the catcher. There's absolutely no shot. It's those are straight wild pitches. Those are not pass balls. So that's kind of a testament to, you know, to our pitching staff, but also to, to Jack and the and the work that he that he put in in the off season, um, and uh, catching a lot of bullpens. He caught a lot of bullpens for us this year. So. With the mix of your young and old teams, you had some other seniors that maybe weren't first and foremost put on in the bright lights, but it seemed like you guys had a lot of good team chemistry when you'd play. How much does having a good senior class that buys into the message you're preaching, that can put that can pass it on to the younger kids, how much does that help, especially from the other slew of seniors you had? Yeah, and, and we did have a lot of seniors, um, and, and they all had roles. Um, we, we talk about roles a lot, but we had eight, we had eight seniors this year. Um, and uh, this, is a, this is a special group to me, and I, I mentioned this at our banquet, a special group to me because when I first started teaching, this was my first elementary AP class. I think they were in third grade, fourth grade maybe at the time. So I've known these guys for a long time, a lot of growth. And uh, they were one of our first freshman programs, and we're one of the few um, teams, in fact, I think it's just us in Richmond, that have a freshman program, and um, for them to be able to, like you said, buy in and um, uh, do it at the freshman level, and then do it at the JV level, and, and some of these guys made some sacrifices, and as juniors played under JV, um, to get themselves better, to be able to contribute, it's it says a lot about their character, um, and it's it's pretty exciting. Seth Longergan was one of the guys that was kind of a, a good piece for you that you could rely on him, whether it was in the field or on the mound. But it seemed like I always would kind of go, oh, yeah, Longergan, and then he'd do something. I'd go, circle his name, need to remember him for next time. Yeah, Seth, Seth had a fantastic year. In fact, he was our, he was our, our uh, had a highest batting average near the end of the year. I think the like, last two weeks he batted 450. Um, so that's kind of been he's, he's he's a hockey player, you know. He's he plays up in in here in, in PH, and um, he's just a tough kid. Um, he uh, he's gonna be playing uh, ball next year, SE four as I believe as a pitcher. But he did some tremendous things, made some tremendous plays at third base for us this year. And um, going into this year and losing um, our third baseman from uh, the twenty twenty one season, we needed to fill that role fill that spot and uh, we worked early on with him and he just he, he made great strides there defensively and uh, and then you know I wish we could have got him some you know some more some more innings on the mound but when you have a one and two that you know that we had it was it was tough to get him in there besides in some non-conference games and you know when you're one and two go five six seven innings you know <laughs> you don't need yeah. him to go out there it's a good problem to it have. is a great problem to have it's a real good problem to have <laughs> say I'm I don't know who the seniors are, 
So I, I just know the names of, of the kids that stuck out yeah, for me. Yeah, baseball, they don't have the numbers on the lineup. You just and, know the kids. And, and like, I, I know a guy you really like is Meldrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a guy at the bottom of your lineup, um, Gairaga, who at least every time I was at an Algonac game, he had two hits. Yeah. And, and drove in, you know, got him hidden down there at like eight in your order, and he's driving in big runs for you. Yeah, uh, Roman's a senior. Uh, Roman was a senior this year, and, and, and he was one that he played a little bit of second base, and we were loaded in the middle infield last year. We just didn't, he didn't have, didn't have a lot of opportunities. Um, but the opportunities that he had this year at second base, he, he wasn't a starter in every single game. Um, but when he was in there at second base, you're right. You put the bat on the ball, and, and in high school baseball, you played the hot hand. You know, it, we we had a, we had a couple seniors that were, were on around this team that um, they were given the opportunity. They hit. They put the ball in play. They made plays in the field. And when a coach can trust kids like that, they get their name written in the next game and next game until they prove that they're not able to do it, and you give someone else a shot. And so, yeah, Roman did a great job. Um, Alan Crow did a great job for us this year. He was, you know, he was another senior. I, I can't leave him out. He, uh, he was actually as a as a junior. He led our staff in innings. He had over I think 65 innings pitched, and uh, for whatever reason, and part of the reason was our one and two this year. He didn't get as many opportunities. And so um, uh, those were two you know two kids that we were talking about. You mentioned Matt Meldrum, um, a returning a, re- a returner for us next year. Did a great job at first base. I'm sure we'll get into him a little bit here, but um, yeah. Well, let's talk about for your seniors that final run. A great way to go out is to make a history at a school. You get you, you see the draw, and I know as a coach you can always preach, don't look ahead, don't look ahead. But even as a player, I knew I was looking ahead. I knew I had to focus on what was happening, but you had in the back of your mind that there was kind of a path for a deep run. When did you realize that you went, we might be doing something really special this postseason? Well, when we got the draw, first thing we saw is we have Almont, we have Hunsacker, right. you know, and right. that, and so you see that draw, you're like, okay, well, we really can't look ahead because we not might not even make districts, you know, Friday for us, but district Saturday. So mm-hmm. that was the first thing that we had to think about. And then I, I think um, when you're a high school coach, a lot of it is the mental game, right? You're always you're always communicating with the kids, always talking with the kids. And we had been talking for the last several weeks about peaking at the right time, and that's kind of the thing that we that we do in Algonac is always talking about. We, my quote is June, mat, you know, June matters most. That's when you need to be playing well, and it doesn't really matter what you do in the beginning of the year. Um, but I, I think it was probably the way that we played in districts. Um, we were in a competitive game against Brown City, and then we had one inning, and the kids just kind of went and relaxed. Yep. And once they did that, I knew that we were going to be okay. I knew that we had a shot. We'll go back to the Almont game for a minute. Neither of us were there, but that was one that you're looking, you're like, it's still 0-0. It's still 0-0. It's still 0-0. And you're going, Almont struggled this year, but you knew, like you said, they had Hunsicker who could go for it. And you had to win on a walk-off squeeze. Just go through that game a little bit because you're, you're right. That run could have been done before you ever started absolutely and not to mention um we had a team full of sick kids also during that time so um you know josh kasner was coming off of not practicing for a couple days um we had a couple other kids that you know for what they just did not want to get out of the lineup but yeah i mean when we saw that draw it was a 
Tuesday game, and then we had a Friday game, so we knew if we pitched anybody over 75 pitches, they weren't going to be able to pitch in districts. But you know, you got to win and move on, and and uh, so <laughs> really, really good, really, really fun game. Um, Brennan was great, or uh, uh, Huntacker was was fantastic on the mound. Josh was great. It was a pitcher's duel. Uh, they played. They played very, very good defense. Very good defense. And between the first two games that we played them, and it is tough to be a. You know, another thing we said is it's tough to beat a, a team three times. So. Well, I, okay, so the the beginning of that month, like you played them on the second, and I did that game, and Josh was unhittable. Yeah. Um, and it only went five innings, and Hunsecker was still struggling. Like his arm, it was obvious that his arm wasn't a hundred percent. Sure. And and you guys beat him ten to nothing in a five inning game with rain, and it was just a, a cruddy day. And then you beat him a couple days later, uh, eight to three. So I guess I just assume that well, all right, Hunsecker's got a bad wing. It's going to be that way all year. But obviously, what a difference twenty nine days makes. Right, because then, then when you play them again on the thirty first, you're in a one nothing ball game fighting for your life. Right. Well, we we saw the score of the of the of the Richmond game, and 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 I knew Scotty's lineup, and and I knew those kids can hit. And when you hold them to, you know, four runs still for a high school game, and there's as many runs as they put up, you know, this year, four runs knew they, they, you know, that he was doing something right. Um, and so you know, going into that game, we knew we were, we were going to be in for a battle. You know, and and I I got to hand it to the kids near the end of the game they. They uh, did what we needed, what they needed to do. Got a runner on, um, uh, bunted them over to second. Got over to third on a ground ball, and then uh, the sacrifice, suicide, you know, squeezed by uh, Seth Honor again to, to win, you know, to win the game. How nerve wracking is the coach? Is it to call that in that situation? Well, you really don't have time. I mean, it, right. people always talk about how slow baseball is, mm -hmm. but from pitch to pitch, when you're out there on third base, you're not just thinking about that pitch. You're thinking about, okay, well, if he gets on, who am I going to run? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? So you're constantly thinking, you know, thinking ahead. And I knew all along. I mean, Seth is a it's a great bunner, and uh, Josh was actually at third, um, and I knew that he would get a good read on it. And whether it was the safety squeeze, and if they threw it, you know, great. If not, we got a guy on on first base. And we can put more pressure on him, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just knew that uh, that Josh would make the right read, and he, I mean, he didn't make it by much, but he made, he made the he made the right read. So you said you go on to Brown City, which, by the way, still will brag about how beautiful, beautiful facility yeah. that is. Still had no idea about that. That was a it's a hidden gem. <laughs> Farmers, but yes, they take care of their grass. And you said you did have that competitive game with Brown City. It was the one inning where you started to hit, they started to make errors, and you blew the, You ended up blowing the doors off of them. But for four or five innings, it was a close game. Then you have to go to the, I guess, pre-regional, regional, semifinal, whatever, up in Bad Axe against Bad Axe. Long drive at their home field. What's that feeling like? What's that message when you're basically going two-plus hours to go play essentially a road playoff game? Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was, say nervous, but I was interested to, uh, to kind of see how the kids would, would, you know, would react. We were on the road um, for two of those games. Brown City was not a, you know, a short hike either. So being on the road and, you know, obviously in Algonac, everywhere you go in, in conference, you have to drive. But right. so the, the bus ride, I wasn't so worried about, but I would just, you know, the atmosphere up there and how they, how they would, would respond. And they had a heck of a ball game. The boys played great. Yeah, the, what is that like? Just a, a sidetrack note, because we talk about it a lot when we talk about the BWAC and like kind of Algonac is on its own little island. 
North Branch is on its own little island, and it's it's there there isn't a close game like Richmond and Armada are your close games. Yeah, when you're when you're when your closest game is thirty minutes away, I mean that's <laughs> that's 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 pretty tough. Um, but yeah, heading to North Branch, heading to Croslex, Imlay City, um, even Yale. I mean, I mean, uh, even Alma. I mean, everything is everything's an hour. You just put an hour on your uh, on on your bus time and hope that your bus driver's fast. It's not like an easy way to get anywhere. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, just to get in and out of Algonac, it feels like ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah, two but, ways in. But so you beat Bad Axe. Yep. And then you actually kind of. Get the closest game to you is your regional final and quarterfinal. Home field advantage. Yeah. yeah. You're at Sanborn Park, about a, what, a 30-minute drive maybe, maybe slightly less from Algonac, and you know their draw, and the big one, at least, before the season, Liggett was upset. You knew Edison was a good team, but first you had to get by it was uh, E-Course, right? Right. Or, you're, yep. So you're playing E-Course. This point, I mean, all the kids know you've never won a regional title in history. What's the feel like going into that game? Um, that's a great question because I think that a lot of our kids have been in some some big games in the in the summer ball, but I don't think they've been in. It, it's just different when you're in high school. It, it it means more, right? You have the whole community there. Yeah, the whole community, and we really well, did. We didn't have very many. Well, we had still had some good, you know, quite a few fans and bad acts, but man, it was it was it was packed there. And it was split between there and the softball team. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, you, you didn't even mention that that half of our fans and and our community is great with that. I mean, you know, we we were talking, you know, prior to the show about our our football run in sixteen in sixteen and seventeen eighteen, and our town comes alive absolutely comes alive when teams are making their run I mean everybody comes out and so yeah it was it was super exciting um, I think the kids our, our kids played a little bit tight in the in in the beginning we had a couple things that fell our way um, and we had we had Jake on the mound battling and, and when you know like I said when, when he's on the mound and you play good defense and I think we played very very good defense in that in that game in that first game anything can happen you know we had some timely hitting um, we didn't smack the ball around. I think we had three hits in that game, and I think there were seven hits total. Right, you actually yeah. got out hit in the game. Yeah, it was four to three, and then well, obviously you get the win. Jake battles hard. Right, you play the good defense, and then something me and Dennis have always found weird. You celebrate the regional title. Well, you actually have to wait until the second game. Then you get to celebrate the regional title, but you have Detroit Edison staring you down, who has an MLB prospect who you know is going to be a tough battle and that's got to just be how do you prepare for that that you like are happy but you're focused but you just made school history but you're playing for the right to go to Michigan State all in the same like five hour span it, it was an emotional roller coaster I'm, I'm not gonna lie I mean you in and you really don't you really don't get the full realm of it until later on um, a couple weeks later of what of what you actually did but but not only do you have to wait to celebrate, but you have to wait until after the second game of the day mm -hmm. also to celebrate. So that was even weird. Is is sitting around having some lunch, trying to get the re, you know the kids to re, you know to refocus, and um, you know they asked me if I wanted to take infield. I'm like absolutely. I'm trying to have some you know something that's a, a routine for the boys. I want to take infield because that's what we do. So and you go get the trophy. You know you take a quick picture and and, uh, and then you got to kind of have to refocus and and. Uh, and uh, go battle with a very, very, you know, you know, like you mentioned, a very, very good team. I don't, I don't like that. When if you win your thing, you should get yeah. your trophy on the spot. Yeah. The, the next game, 
can wait a couple of minutes. It doesn't take that long. Yeah. Um, and, and at least have that. Right. Right. You While know, you're still on the field and having packed your stuff. And, right. And at least have that next game too, to, to at least absorb it a little bit and get to enjoy it. Cause yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that when it's two weeks later and you go, damn, we, we won a regional title. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I forgot that. Cause a couple hours later, our season was over. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, for, you know, you know, for me, I think we'll hit on this later on, but it was, it was also fun. You know, the good part about was I was able to go out and just, you know, sit in the shade and have lunch and, mm-hmm. and watch on Game Changer. My, you know, you know, the girls went in their, you know, a title also. So that was, that was kind of cool. You I only guess. had to watch for about five minutes in that game. Yeah. It was only an inning or two that, <laughs> that we knew. Yeah. It went, you got out there and you went, all right, it's 10 nothing. Game's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, I think, in, yeah. in, in the next segment a little bit of, but of how that works. That Edison team, I mean, that's a team. They ended up, what, losing the state finals? To a very, but, very good yeah. Buchanan team. Yeah. Very good Buchanan they, team. That, that Edison team was – it wasn't that big of an upset in retrospect that they beat Liggett because, I mean, I've said this to everyone, that's the fastest baseball team I've ever seen. Yeah, they took advantage of every every mistake, every pass ball. And when we were out there watching, I think we were actually talking to, to each other at the time. Uh, I think it was the number two hitter. It was their number one hitter. Got on base, ball, wild pitch, and three pitches. Yeah. You know, <laughs> silly it was, speed. It was ridiculous. And in that game, you, you could tell you got your team had nerves at the beginning, and they took advantage of that. But after the second inning, it was a nothing-nothing ball game for the next four and a half, five innings until the seventh inning came around. Once you settled down, you guys went tit for tat with them. We did. We did. And in, in, – in, you hit it around the head. I think we were a little bit nervous. You know, it was, it was playing for that opportunity to be able to make it to, you know, to to, to Michigan State. And uh, you know, I'll give it to our boys that you know they could have done a lot of things. Um, they could have rolled over, uh, but they battled. Um, they put in good at bats. They got on base. We put a little bit of pressure on them. Uh, we forced the number one pitcher out and got to their number two pitcher. Um, and then we even got to their number, to their, their number three pitcher um, there in the in the last inning, and so that says a lot about our, you know about our kids and the direction that our program is you know is going. How much does that game that you hopefully you're in a similar position next year, the year after that, the kids that were in that game, then they won't have nerves when they're playing in a quarterfinal. They won't have those nerves when they have to travel up to Bad Axe to play in a in a regional game to for the right to move on. Yeah, I think you know even even as a coach, you draw off your past experiences. You know, I mean, as a coach, I can only say so much. But if they've experienced that themselves, um, that puts them in a better a better situation. You know, our our senior group, um, as great as they were, they they didn't have a lot of success in any sport you know they, they just missed out on the football aspect of it they saw all those teams go through um, even with the baseball in 17 and 18 when we went back to back they were eighth graders at the time so it was kind of one of those things is um, I use coach, coach Barnhart was one of my mentors he used to say believe in things that you have not seen you know and it's kind of one of those things they had to believe it and see it for themselves right believe it first and and, and now they can now those younger kids can and and uh, hopefully they can draw upon those experiences for the next couple of years, and we can make a you know a couple of runs. And it's not a, it's not a, uh, a a deal where we need parades and you know and, hmm. and, and interviews and all that stuff. It's kind of like a, a yearly thing for us. So I think it's going in that direction. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I I think you've got uh, some right pieces to help you stay in that uh, direction, and and we'll get into uh, Josh Kasner and some of the guys 
They're going to come back and help you uh, next year uh, in our uh, next uh, segment. We'll be uh, back uh, with uh, more. Uh, me, Brady, and Scott Thaler talking baseball here on GetStuckOnSports.com. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV... The engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall and Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli and they do party trays check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials coupons and recipes open 6 a.m to 9 p.m all week long visit neiman's family market in st Clair. you'll be glad you did when today is unpredictable staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever count on your ameriprise advisor for personalized goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow call ameriprise financial advisor dave betts today at 810-987-5370 that's 810-987-5370 office is located at 527 huron avenue port huron michigan Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval, equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. 
We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and uh, Scott Thaler joining us from uh, Algonac. Um, all right, I, I, we, we, we've talked over a half hour now, uh, and, it, and it's time to, to give to. Uh, and and I don't, I don't want to – I know he's only going to be a, a junior next year, but come on. Josh Kasner's kind of stupid good. <laughs> I don't know if you have the numbers right in front of him. I just remember seeing they were otherworldly. It was like hundred close to 120 strikeouts. Uh, 118 regular season, 138 if you include postseason. Oh, yes. so I undershot somehow. <laughs> and how many innings? Like 60-some, 70? Uh, I think he ended with 68 total innings. So yes. almost two strikeouts per inning yes. as a sophomore. Yeah. In the BWAC, which features Richmond, which features um, other good – I mean, Armado was good. North Branch had a good team. Cross-Lex, especially at the end of the year, got a lot better. So you're not playing in the – in the little brothers of the poor um, conference, you're playing in a legit conference, and he was doing that Monday against all the best talent. Yeah, he he was he was our number one from uh, from the get go, and um, Josh is is a competitor. He uh, um, he's a big time wrestler, and um, um, the year before when he came in as a freshman, um, he had to cut a little bit of weight, um, and he wasn't quite ready to go at the beginning of the year, probably like he wanted to, and. Um, luckily, this off season he wrestled up, uh, or this uh, recent last wrestling season he wrestled up and was able to keep that that muscle on, and and he did a, a, a fantastic job of getting himself ready this year. You know, his he had a great off season, and he came in from the get go as as our number one, and you know took took the uh, mound in every Monday like you mentioned, and and gave us a shot to win, and uh, gave our team a lot of confidence also. Yeah, talk about that confidence because. As an outfielder, as an infielder, you have to know that it feels good. We talked about it with Richmond and Hudson Davenport. You're throwing strikes. It's not gonna, you're not going to sit there going, oh, pass ball. Oh, ball four. That there's going to be action and that even if you make an error, you know the guy on the mound's got your back. Yeah, there's, 
that's kind of a kind of kind of twofold here. So if if you make an error, you know that he can he can just get a strikeout and and you're and you're done with it. But if you get yourself into a jam, same way. And when you have a swing and miss guy, you get yourself out of a lot of jams, especially in in in, in high school baseball. Um, and then the other aspect of that is um, he just pounds his own so much that our 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 fielders behind him can uh, just you know. Play nice and easy defense. They can play comfortable with it, you know, with the with the fact that if they do make an error, it's not going to be a big deal. Um, he's also very very consistent and accurate. So you can you know if you call an outside pitch, you can kind of cater your defense a little bit to that outside. If you can you you read a swing and, and that that's a that's not a pull swing. You know that's a that's a push swing. You know, that, you know he's going to be behind it. You can you know move your shortstop over a little bit and kind of cheat it a little bit to give yourself an advantage. So um, yeah, he. He's, uh, he's going to be fun to coach for the next two years. You know, high school baseball, you'll see kids that throw the ball hard or, or that throw fast. But you don't see kids that throw fast with movement, with the, that can change speeds, that can throw a breaking ball in there. I mean, and then when, when you go, oh, he's not a senior. He's just a sophomore this year. Like, the, 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 the day – that, that I saw you guys against Elmont. I got to sit behind home plate for, for that game and, and call the game, and it's just such a different perspective because yeah. a lot of times, sometimes we're in the outfield, mm. sometimes you're up top, sometimes you're off to the side, but right behind home plate, and it re like he really had his A game that day, and, and it was just stupid fun to watch him pitch. I don't I think he struck out like, 14 out of the 15 outs he got. Yeah, it was 14. like that. It, it, I mean, and, and he literally, he carved them up. Yeah, he, uh, that was, that was one of his better games of the year. He, he, he definitely was, he, he, he was, he was shoving it that day. So, yeah, he, um, his, his slider, um, gets a lot of swing and misses. A lot of swing and misses because you see, you see fastball, you don't see that spin. It's not one of the big bender, you know, breaking balls, and it's, it's, it's tough. Um, the thing we're going to work on in the offseason is, is something the other direction. You know, he has a changeup. He doesn't trust it as much as I, I, I wish he would. Um, but I think for next level, I think they're going to be looking for him to develop that fourth pitch and uh, to be able to get that changeup going to get those swing and misses, you know, to the, you know, to the inside of those right-hand batters. So, yeah, he's, he's fun to watch. Talked about this guy already, but Matt Meldrum was one of my favorites to come and watch. Just the big bet that you knew if he, when, when he ran into one, it was going to go a long way. And was also a pretty darn good defensive first baseman as well. Yeah, Matt had a really good uh, sophomore or uh, a, a junior year. He was up as a sophomore, um, uh, split some time. Um, he was he was there a little bit more for necessity for his defensive skills and 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 we asked him to step into a role um uh, middle of the lineup this year and uh right from the get-go he 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 was swinging he he was swinging hard you know that's that's what you have to do when you're that frame that type of a kid um you're the four hitter there you're gonna get a lot of off speed stuff but when you see a fastball you better swing out of your shoes and um he ran into a couple this year um one in uh sanford meridian and then uh, one, uh, he went back to back against Cros, or uh, him and Owen Jacobs went back to back against Croslex. And uh, yeah, he hit the ball hard this year. Uh, let us in RBIs. I want to say he's had over 30 RBIs. Um, and and again, being in the four spot and um, batting over 300, and uh, having that many RBIs when you, when all, all teams know that 
you know, you're a good hitter. You know, you, you don't see a lot of fastballs. And he took advantage. He was – and you talked about the defensive side. That was one part of his game that you really worked on in the offseason. And uh, he did a nice job over there. And it's not easy as a first baseman because, you know, we talk about high school ball and you have decent fielders, but sometimes the arms can be sporadic. Mm -hmm. And so you're you're forced to make some plays, come up the line, tag, you know, tag guys out, um, catch that ball in the dirt, you know, scoop it and, you know, things like that. And he did, he did a nice job for us. Yeah, you know, and for, for a big dude, you guys have an interesting ballpark. Okay, yeah. right down the line. No problem. But it kind of juts out pretty quick. Center field's a pretty good ball. And then you got the high fence if you're going the other way where, again, it kind of comes back in and it isn't that deep, but then you've got like a 20-foot fence out there. And we definitely have a unique a unique, uh, or a unique area and a unique unique ballpark. Um, I've uh, talked to several of the former players in the – actually, our ballpark used to be the opposite direction and uh, used to – used you know, center field used to be home plate and, and, and vice versa. So, yeah, we – as a hitter, I would like it better because the wind would be at your back more. Yeah, we never have the wind at our back. It's always a crosswind, <laughs> and, and it's it's very, very difficult. But, yeah, we, we go out to 370 out in, uh, out in center field, and then we dip under 300 but with a 10-foot fence there by the school in, in right field. And, and left field's not a – an arc it's it's straight out to center field so yeah, it's it's not quite uh, port here on but it's 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 close <laughs> <laughs> well another unique thing about your ballpark you guys have a clubhouse and you were kind enough to show me um the clubhouse earlier in the season and it is probably one of the nicest ones you'll see in a high school facility it's it is a college level clubhouse and that has to be awesome to have whether it's rain delays, whether it's just to have the kids hang out and relax. It is a beautiful uh, piece of, uh, I guess, building to have right behind your dugout. Very, very fortunate. And, you know, there's there's very few high schools that have uh, the ability to be able to get something like that. And, you know, obviously we've had some amazing people step up in our community, and our community is great with that. You know, if you if you have a project, they'll, they'll do whatever they can, uh, donate to labor, um, our, our city, our, our DDA, um, donated some money to it. And we had a, a very generous, uh, a donor, Jay DeBoyer, um, that, uh, that, that donated quite a bit to it as well. And just, you know, great community and it's, it's great, great teaching tool for us. You know, we have a whiteboard in there that has a, uh, has a, a little mini field on it. We're able to do some X's and O's and that's the football side of me. And hmm. yeah, a lot, a lot of, you know, big into X's and O's. We have a TV in there that we can hook up, watch, you know, watch the previous games, um, pull up, you know, Google and, you know, watch some YouTube stuff and uh, watch drills, watch, watch, watch the way that it's supposed to be done. You know, um, you know, you know, major league players, if they're making a play, this is what you do. You got to get your, you know, your eyes behind the ball, you know, just, Great teaching tools, and you know, of course, you, you mentioned during rain delays, we got a ping pong table in there that you know we had a big long rain delay with Marysville, and we had a we invited them over, and and uh, 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 coaches sat around and talked, and then and, uh, and players could play some ping pong. So it's yeah, it's 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 awesome to be able to have that and to be able to go in there and uh, enjoy that space. I just I'm having flashbacks there. One one of the hockey teams had a ping pong table oh it used yeah. to get pretty brutal yeah <laughs> yeah um back to some of your players you had uh at, at the leadoff spot ty schultz he was a guy that i know dennis and i both enjoyed watching 
and he was a really good table setter for you. He could get on base. It felt like any way he needed to. He didn't necessarily need to swing the stick. He could work the count really well, which you have to love from the leadoff man. Absolutely. Yeah, Ty had a great junior year. Um, Ty plays on the same uh, uh, travel team as Josh does, uh, South Oakland A's, so he plays high-caliber uh, ball. Um, he's a quarterback, so he's he, on, on our football team. So he's, he's one of those kids that – you know, as a gamer, knows the game. Obviously, as a as as a quarterback, you have to you have to kind of be that leader, that general. And and um, yeah, he had he had he had a great year. And we weren't really sure who was going to be our our, our leadoff hitter. Um, we had a fantastic one uh, last year with Bo Folkenhagen. Um, and it's it's tough. You you have to be a certain type of a player to bat leadoff, right? Like you said, to take pitches, um, to work counts, but yet to try to get on base and in in steal bases. And he did all that. Um, he's got he's actually set her school record with uh, with run scored this year. Um, that's even after uh, um, he was actually caught for us this year too. So that's you know he got pulled a few times and probably could have scored a few more runs um, and uh, could steal a base. But yeah, he's he's another one of those guys kind of like a Jake. He can he can go on the mound, um, play second base for his summer ball team. He plays uh, plays outfield, plays center field for them. So he's I could probably um, stick him pretty much everywhere in the field. And it was just every game, he got. It seemed like he was getting on base two, three times. Yeah, and scoring two, three times yeah. every game. Well, and we keep talking about guys that are coming back, and you look at the rest of your outfield, and the what the six, seven part of the order: Owen Jacobs, Roger Boone, are two guys that I mean might get lost. And well, I guess get lost in the shuffle, but it just feels like you keep going down. You're like, oh, he's coming back. Oh, he's coming back. You had a lot of seniors, but you have a lot of at-bats coming back as well, and those are, I believe, two guys that will both be back. Well, Roger, unfortunately, we lose. Ah, he, yeah, yeah, he so was, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he was a senior. One. But yeah, Owen, Owen, we get back. He was a sophomore for us this year. He'll be a junior next year. Um, uh, played a little bit of center field, but primarily played the, uh, the corners right and uh, right and left. Um, Andrew Thompson did a, a, a fabulous job for us this year. Um, if it's hitting the air, he's going to go. He's going to go run it down in center field. Uh, had a great game at Bad Axe. Had two hits. Had a had a butt single, um, and then a and then a triple later on. Left you know left-handed bat. Um, he'll he'll be asked to uh, pitch a little bit for us this next season as well. Um, we talked about Matt. Um, Noah, Noah Maniachi is an, another uh, player that is uh, primarily a pitcher for us, but can play some uh, can play some first base as well. Big frame, six foot three kid. Um, was probably our number four pitcher this year as far as any you know as far as innings wise. Um, didn't uh, obviously we have Evan Sadler coming back also that you know was only two weeks into the season before his arm injuries. He mm -hmm. started for us as a freshman um, when Josh pitched. Um, sometimes he would go to shortstop, um, and he caught for us. So we have some pieces still coming back. We had we had a great JV year um, with having a successful varsity season. A lot of times you can keep things intact at the younger levels. And so our freshmen in JV had great years. I think they were 18 and six this year. And so we have some kids coming up that will be forced into big roles. Matthew Ricks, Cal Molesky, Miles Mar Marcangelo, all all names you will hear next year. I think it as a uh, as starters for us on the varsity, hopefully. Is that the, the key to building success is consistency? I think consistency. I think um, um, having good coaches in place, and I was very fortunate this year to have uh, probably the best staff I've, I've ever had. 
um, and teaching those fundamentals. Um, I think every coach would tell you that that's what they want for their young levels is not wins and losses, is is teaching those fundamentals and um, getting them ready to play at the varsity level, whether you call them up during the year for districts like you know, I, I pull up a lot for districts. Um, you had an army out there. <laughs> you had a 40-man roster out there for yeah, districts. I, I want them to see the Muskrat way. I want I, I want them to be part, be part of those practices, you know, and, and, and see how the seniors do it. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that consistency definitely is something that, that helps consistency in coaching staff and consistency um, um, wins and losses also. But, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Well, you talk about having the young kids know how it's done. Mm -hmm. Algonac in some sports have struggled more. It's in football you had the run, but it's been a lot. It's been more down than up. Uh, baseball, you've had kind of a string of success. You talked about you won those two districts back to back. Now you win your first regional. How is it when you get to the point where you go? It's not like I think you said earlier. Oh, it's not this big event that we did this. This is the expectation to get here. We are supposed to win the BUAC. We're supposed to be playing for a, in a quarterfinal every year. How hard is it to get to there, and how do you get that mentality that it's not, oh, we're here, we're nervous, it's this is business as usual? Well, it's, that's, that's something that I'm going to be, uh, be working on these next few years. I mean, uh, um, um, I've, I've been around you know, the game for quite a while, fo uh, football and baseball, but I'm relatively new in my fifth, I guess if you include the COVID year, sixth year, um, at taking over a, a, a program, but my belief is you build from within, you know, uh, beneath. So the little league program, um, the freshman team, um, those are big avenues to kind of keep that consistency and and uh, kind of do what those perennial powerhouses do every year, just kind of keep on reloading. And I, I think we're getting to that, you know, getting to that point. I think our kids believe in that. Um, you know, I, I think our numbers also kind of dictate that we're going in that direction with the excitement that we have. Um, I think we looked, you know, the coaches kind of do this. You, you kind of start thinking about the next year uh, mm -hmm. a little bit after, and you kind of debrief. And I think we're going to have close to 60 tryout for, you know, for our program next year. And that's a ridiculous number considering that we're the smallest team in the BWAC, you know, and, and one, of the, one of the only two that have a freshman team. But we seem to have enough to be able to, you know, I was talking to the uh, Chippewa Valley coaches the other day, and at a school that big they had, I think, 21 or 22 kids try out so you know if you can if you can uh, compete with those you know with those big guys in your numbers I think that you know you'll you'll find kids that want to play and um, our kids are excited our community is excited about the baseball and softball program you know that's just telling me that Chippewa Valley number that that's hard to believe you know that in a school that big but anyways uh, I, I get sidetracked. Yeah, I want to talk a little softball because uh, there's a failure on the softball team. There is. Too, and, and how that intermingles uh, and, and, and things like that. But uh, we're going to take our uh, final break here, and uh, we'll come back with uh, more with uh, Scott Thaler in just a moment. Here on the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Mortimer Lumber, 
Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series Shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark Shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark Shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 810- 987-2185. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our game. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year. Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, 
Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis and Brady joined by uh, Scott uh, Thaler. We've been talking a lot of baseball, but uh, Scott, you, you, you've got a daughter that uh, plays left field uh, on the softball team. And they had quite a run, but you're involved with your thing. How much did you get to enjoy their run and watching your daughter, or did you get to see any of it? I didn't get to see a lot. It, it was it was kind of funny. It, you know, you you go to the third base side and you can kind of peek over to the right and see the scoreboard and kind of take a look at you know who's batting. But I can't see the batter's box. So the challenge was you know coaching you know my kids and then in between the pitches maybe glance over taking a look at the score or hear something and you know glance over you know at the at the softball field. But I saw a couple games. Um, I was able to see uh, obviously their their run in the uh, in the uh, uh, semis and then. Um, on um, the quarter, quarterfinals when they played at Adrian. I was able to see those two games. So um, not as much as I wanted to. And, you know, I I play a lot of games, but if there's one person that plays more games than me, it's it's Coach Perkins in, in the Elginac <laughs> softball. So there wasn't a lot, not a lot of dates that uh, I could circle that I could make it in. And when I could, it was up in North Branch or up in Yale. Yeah, it was an right. hour and a half away. So it was tough, tough to have our, my, my own practice and, and make it do a game. So. Uh, the, I mean, to to have the two programs though kind of simultaneously right now, doing what they're doing, and to kind of have you know star power like w- with with Josh for baseball and Ella for softball, and and we get another year of her. Uh, I'm I'm really happy. A lot, about a, another that. year of a lot of good softball yeah, players. Yeah, I, I mean it, it's it's kind of fun. You know, because again, it's Algonac, and and let's let's be honest. I've been here since the mid '90s. People always kind of snicker when they say Algonac, and the, and they talk about Algonac. You know, all the old Scal guys. Oh, Algonac was in the Scal so that we'd have a warm up game, or <laughs> you know, that's homecoming. It's like not in baseball and softball. It's not. Yeah, and and that's exactly how we like it. We like to have that little chip on our shoulder. So that's that's kind of as as us coaches, we were able to kind of feed off that a little bit too. But yeah, it's it's an exciting time for us. Um, um, Coach Perkins and his and his staff do a, a really really good job. And and uh, I've I've seen those girls. You know, I talked about how I've seen the boys grow up. Well, I've, it's same thing with the girls. I've seen all those girls grow up. And um, when they were in little league, to the point where they decided to play some some travel ball and. Pretty sure every single girl on the roster played summer ball this past year. I think they had 15 or 16 on the on the team. And when you have that, some of them are cyborgs. <laughs> and when you uh, and when you have that level of commitment from you know from the kids and from from the parents, something special is going to happen. You know, and and uh, I think it's it's only the start of 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 the springs here in uh, in Algonac on the baseball and softball side too. What's the energy like when you have two? I don't want to say competing teams. We have baseball and softball, and both are trying, knowing they have this ability to make a run. Is it like obviously they want each other to win, but there's also that little friendly competition, like whatever you can do, we can do better. We can make the run. We can make all these records and do all that. No, absolutely. Yeah, we we do, do a lot of joking around of of uh, who was going to be the first to 15 wins, who was going to be the first to 20 wins and 30 wins, and but it's it, it's it's all friendly. I mean, we're 
we're, you know, being a small community, we're very supportive of each other. And um, I'd often, you know, if it was a big game over softball, I'd, I'd either um, stop practicing in the middle and let them go over, you know, for the end of the game or if we're done early maybe, the, go, the boys will go over there and, and lean over left field and, uh, you know, just be excited for, you know, for the girls. And then uh, <laughs> vice versa, the boys. I have a story. <laughs> <laughs> the boys would come over or the girls would come over and sit in the stands and, you know, cheer on the boys. So, yeah, it's 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 a really neat time for the for uh, for Algonac and like I mentioned before the the community really really comes alive and I think we were asked to be in two parades this year um, uh, we've been uh, honored you know countless times uh, by a board of education and you know interviews and it's 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 neat to get that uh, recognition for you know for you know for our kids in our community yeah the the boys were behind left field uh, it was the North Branch doubleheader and I don't know who it was but. And I don't know if he was doing it seriously or if he was just chirping the girl, but he asked her to prom, and at the end of the inning, she ran over and gave him the number. And I don't know if she was being serious or if she was just doing it to shut him up. I guess say whatever that is, had he had some game. Wonder if, wonder <laughs> yeah. if it went through. Apparently, apparently. <laughs> anyway, um, got a chuckle out of it yeah. myself. I thought it was kind so. Of cool. You have to go from coach mode where you're in everything to kind of dad fan mode and is it hard for you to go from being involved in every decision and watching the game and and dissecting everything because you mentioned when you're at third base you're thinking of three different things all right who do I pinch run if I get to there am I pinch hitting um, am I sending him to you're sitting in the stands and you just have to sit back and watch yeah well it, I definitely don't sit in the stands that's part of it because I <laughs> might say something that I, I shouldn't <laughs> so I I tend to kind of gravitate toward you know towards the end and you know there's a couple other coaches that might join me or you know or my wife um, and we'll just kind of talk about the game, but yeah, it's 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 sometimes difficult. You know, my kids would tell you that they can hear me when I you know when I chirp at them at the games. Um, my son too, you know, will will say the same thing. But um, I try to I try not to do those type of things because you know I I I'm not involved in their program on a on an everyday you know you know basis and. And uh, I know that you know Coach Burskins and his staff will uh, will put the girls where they need to and and, and and do the type of things in softball and baseball. Even though they're they're both you know sports that are somewhat the same, there's there's so many differences between the two. And the speed of the game obviously is one of them. And you know bunting in 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 that part of the game for softball and, and the pitching is so dominant usually in those games. You know that it's a one nothing two nothing game that you know it's just, it's just there's so many differences that I have to kind of remind myself of that. And, and there's honestly still, you know, as much as I've been around softball, parts of the game that I might not understand the, you know, the, uh, the extra hitter type of thing. And, and there's some other things, rules within softball that I'm not aware of that. So. The only rule you need to know in softball at Algonac is that those girls can hit it over the fence. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Over the fence scores the runs. <laughs> over the fence scores the runs nowadays in Algonac. Because it feels like everyone in the lineup, including the nine-hole hitter, um, yeah, could – I saw could, Camden hit one out this year. I yeah. saw her too. You go, oh, the nine-hole spot, that's it. Phew, phew, after <laughs> three other girls in the lineup have already bombed one out. Yeah. And not, not a cheap one either. There's that little drainage ditch out there behind left field, and she made it to the ditch. Yep, yep. She uh, she's got a little bit of power behind her. Yeah, and there's you know there were some girls on the bench that you know very well could be in the in, in the starting lineup if they're on any other team that uh, are just waiting for their you know for their time to jump in. Unfortunately, with only losing you know three you know three starters off their team, it's well, going to be tough to crack that lineup. <laughs> Fortunately, for well, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So obviously you're involved with softball, but we might see you on the sidelines of some football games this year, right? Because you said that's kind of where you earned your stripes. Yeah, that's kind of where I cut my teeth. I've been coaching football for uh, for 19 years. It's hard to believe it's been that long, but I I started uh, coaching football with uh, with Scott Barnhart. With uh, those of you that are been around for a little bit, he was our head coach at Elginac in um, um, 2012 to 2019. Um, I started coaching with him up in Farwell, and when we moved down, um, not with him, but uh, at, as a group down in 2012, um, started coaching football first. And uh, yeah, it's it's two different games, two different personalities you have to have. Um, but in, in 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 some ways, it's it's the same. It's about relationships with the kids and and, and getting them to trust you. And uh, um, they're both great games. They really are, but it's, it, it is sometimes tough for me to flip that switch from baseball mode to you know to you know to football mode, and it's it's a long season, you know, it's a long grind for football. Is that hot? Go ahead. Okay, um, I was gonna say it actually, yeah. It's you think of baseball as the long season, but football just by time wise is longer. But yeah, in football, kid makes a mistake. You can get in his face, kind of yell at him, and he can get mad, and he can go try to run through someone. If you get too mad in baseball, and you're overthinking it, you're trying to swing through the ball, and you're just going to collapse mentally. Where football, you can just go, I'm mad, I attack, and kind of get over it fairly quickly. And baseball is very much a mental game. You, you, you have to flush flush an at-bat, flush a, flush an air in the field, and if you don't, they just kind of tend to compound, you know, and – and you're, you know, you're right, football is, is, you know, there is a next play, but you do have a little bit longer between the plays, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 30 seconds, we know, you know, with the clock, and sometimes you get pulled out of a game and you, you can't have that free, you know, there's no free substitutions in baseball, so you're still out in left field, even though you made you made an error the time before, and the ball tends to find you. <laughs> you know, I, I would probably be on the, the other end of the spectrum. I, I'd be a, a, a baseball coach watching one of my kids play football and go, no, don't, don't hurt his leg. Don't hurt his knee. Don't hurt his. <laughs> and maybe be a little worried about that. Or is that just, Hey, the, the game's going on and you're just so focused on it. That you're not even thinking about things like that. Yeah. You're so fo- you're, you're, you're so focused. I mean, if, if you, if, if, if as a player, if you play scared, you're, it, you know, bad things are, are really going to happen. So, but there's, there's so much technique out there. There's so much that coaches do nowadays. Um, you know, to protect, you know, to protect the kids that I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about injuries. My, you know, my son, his, his favorite sport is football. He'll be an incoming fresh, uh, a freshman this year. And he'll tell you that baseball is probably his third best or his third favorite sport. You know, I don't know if that's partly me or <laughs> if it's, or if he just, he just loves football and basketball that much, but yeah. There's hope too for Algonac football here in the coming years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we have we have a very solid freshman and uh, sophomore sophomore class in in all sports. You know, baseball. Obviously, we kind of touched on that, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think the future is bright on the on, on the on the football field as well. And uh, in the next couple of years, hopefully, we can get that going and back in the direction where we were there for you know for a couple of years in uh, 16, 17, 18. Well, you coach multiple sports. Just talk about how important is it for kids to play multiple sports that you talked about because some kids a lot from the wrestling team that were really solid even if it's not football specific just doing other sports as a baseball coach or a football coach how much does that help you out i think just the just the 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 cross uh 
So we're looking for exercise, the the uh, the training, the cross training, possibly, but you know, between the two, between the you know, two or three sports, is is so important. You know, I mean, there's there's definitely some kids that come through that are one sport athletes, and those are the kids that are going to the very very high levels, and you're going to have those kids come through. But I I, I really I, I think there's so much to be learned through sports. Um, in, in different sports, teach you different things. And, um, you know, you talk about wrestling a little bit in, in, in um, what you have to go through, the sacrifice you have to go through, making weight to, you know, how hard the sport is. My dad, my, uh, my dad started the wrestling program where, where I grew up in, in, in Kent City, and so I'm very familiar with wrestling and, and know that that's, that that's a grind. Um, football, same thing, you know, the grind all, you know, all, all, through, the, uh, all through the summer. Um, and then when you get into the uh, the late parts of the of the playoffs and it starts to get cold, that's the that's the fun time. If you're playing when it's cold, that means you've done something you know very very right. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I'm a big advocate on playing multiple sports, and and I try to you know imp, you know impress that on the kids. But kids be kids, though they're going to make their decisions that you know that they think is is best, and, and families will also. But um, hopefully for the for the kids that are listening to this, that you know maybe you're thinking about coming out for another sport, do it. You got anything else? I don't, but uh, thank you so much for coming on. And, again, congratulations on a historically great season. I appreciate it. I, I just wanted to you know, take a minute to thank you guys for what you do for, for, our, you know, for our communities in the, in the Blue Water area. Um, I, I think it's said uh, quite a bit by some other coaches, but I, I know that I personally thank you. And um, um, keep on doing what you're doing. 300 games is a lot of games. 300 games is a lot of games. So big sacrifice from you guys. Well, it's a lot easier when we have – a lot of talented teams to go watch. Yeah, when, when I can go watch a, a Josh Kasner or an Ella Stevenson, it's not work anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's better than being a paper pusher or just doing a normal nine to five. I couldn't couldn't be any happier. I'd have to get a, I'd have to get a job if I didn't have this. Uh, so on that note, uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll maybe take a, uh, a side break from baseball. We'll We're see. hoping to take a side we'll break see. from baseball. We'll we'll um, nothing's confirmed yet, but we'll see. Okay, so we're we're, we're working on something because we've been baseballing you to death. Not that that should be a problem. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water area is stuck on sports.